Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Nancy Landrum is joining me here today. I mean, I can't say enough about the work that she's doing. You know, what it's like when you are somebody like her, uh, an author, a coach, who specializes in relationships, who specializes in communication. She's written books. She's done marriage seminars, right? You know, she has a coach that's worked with pastors, counselors across the board. But more importantly, she knows underneath it all that here is or here are the tools that we can use, whether it is about communication, and we're going to talk a bit about that, but also about this creating a relationship legacy. And, you know, one of the things that we're going to jump in and talk about here for a minute is we hear so often that we are a result of our upbringing. You know, we hear so often that, look at this is the this is the card that this is the this is the hand you've been dealt. That's it. Now that's kind of like a I don't have control of anything kind of thing. But today we're going to talk about a couple of really fascinating phenomena that Nancy's going to walk us through. And what these mean, and by the way, what is it about coaching and the work that she does that could be the difference between continuing to have relationships deteriorate or building strength and opening up a new door for positive change? And this is really the realm that we're talking about today. But legacy, when we talk about relationship legacy, a lot of folks are thinking, I don't know if that's possible. Nancy, it's great to have you. Thank you. It's really a pleasure to be with you. Okay, so imprinting. I, I want to ask you about this. So I don't know if you know this or not. Imprinting is one of the most well-known terms, and I got to tell you why. You're going to laugh. Of course, we know it from animals, like a duck. But did you know that it became one of the more pivotal points in the, in the three-book, four-movie phenomena twilight series i had no idea i know and the reason i'm bringing it up is because many people hadn't heard the term until this movie that hit across pop culture millennium generation books were bestsellers it's all about vampires falling in love in a whole different way but imprinting became the pivotal solution but imprinting we may not really know what it is that movie, I don't think told us what it really is. Tell us where imprinting is in the realm when, when we're talking about relationship legacy. Well, it's uh, first of all defined as a remarkable phenomenon in which newborn creature bonds to the type of animals it meets at birth. And we know the 
thing about ducks and chickens getting imprinted to the wrong mother, but imprinting can profoundly imp impact how babies are raised both in humans and in animals. It isn't necessarily good or bad, but we all experience it to some extent. That's that old um, argument over nature versus nurture. It influences the way in which you think, feel, and behave. And as a result, understanding imprinting and how it affects you can help you lead a happy and healthy life. It could also help you sort through some unhealthy behaviors or areas in which you feel stuck. Uh, scientists propose that many animals, including humans, transmit features of themselves from one generation to the next not simply by passing along their chromosomes, but by training their offspring to behave as they do. You know, it's a well-documented fact that characteristics run in families, uh, behavior characteristics run in families, such as domestic violence runs in families, or multi-generational divorces also tend to run in families but so does the pattern of stable, happy marriages. That is a pattern that also runs in families because we tend to act in a way in which we, we saw our parents acting that seemed normal to us growing up. I often ask a new couple whom I'm coaching, do you have anyone in your family or your friends who has a marriage that you'd love to emulate. Most faces go blank while they're trying to think of any marriage with whom they are close that is worthy of their admiration. Yeah. And most couples can't think of even one. Many have parents who have divorced or even grandparents who have divorced or who are obviously unhappy in their marriage. When you don't have an example of a happy, loving marriage, it's pretty hard to believe that you can cre create one. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I want to talk about this because it happens so young, right? In a lot of cases, we're talking about an experience that happens. And, you know, I've shared a bit of my story. And what I realized is those early years of my life, really early, before age five, yes, were so powerfully uplifting. And, you know, I hadn't really given it much thought. After five, things took a really strange turn. But this idea that you're talking about, you made me go back and think a little bit about who my mom was, who literally passed at when I was six. But I have to think about what I'd learned from her. And I was getting ready for the show. And I was thinking about imprinting. First, my dad wasn't around. So I'm not even sure. So it was my sister and my mom. And my mom was a absolutely loving person person and my my older sister got it from her you could see it in the way my sister was revered at her funeral but these are things that we don't quite understand i mean without your help we don't quite understand the impact of them i mean we're not able to look back and say oh that's why i'm an optimist right you know, oh, dot, 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 dot. But how do these things show up in relationships, Nancy? And what happens in them when we think 
when we go from the discovery that imprintings happen, what is the, how should I say it? What is the consequence slash opportunity of discovering this? Well, the consequence is you have a choice. So when you look at a pattern that you're repeating from your family of origin, you can choose to change it. It doesn't have to stay that way. Uh, one example is my friend Alex adopted her family's pattern by believing that when her newlywed husband, Don, hurt her feelings, he always did it on purpose because that was what uh, her mom and dad did to each other. They blamed each other. They believed her feelings were done in, on purpose. But in order to create a happier marriage, she replaced that belief with this one. Sometimes Don hurts my feelings, but he doesn't do it intentionally. He's always willing to listen to my feedback and tries to change his behavior in the future. When, I, uh, when my late husband Jim and I experienced frequent and debilitating conflict in our marriage, I duplicated the pattern of disdain for my husband like my mother had for my dad. And I practiced sarcastic put-downs like she did. I adopted also the low self-esteem for myself as a woman from my father's attitude about women. But I was when I saw the patterns being repeated, I was determined to find help. I desperately wanted my childhood dream of a happy, loving marriage. I visualized myself in the middle of a river of dysfunctional relationships that was flowing down to me from many generations. And eventually I faced that river of unhappiness and said, I will change the course of this river. I will not pass these patterns on to my children and grandchildren. I'm so grateful that eventually we found a coach very similar to me that taught us the rudimentary versions of the skills that I now teach that helped us resolve our conflicts and live in a constant flow of love. Every one of our five children have thanked us for giving them the legacy or the model of a respectful and loving marriage. You can change a negative legacy or negative imprinting. It's possible to change it if you're willing to look at yourself, change your behaviors, exchange the disrespectful ones that create problems in relationships for the more respectful ones that nurture love. So I have several examples of couples that I've coached that have done that very thing. Uh, one is Jerome and Grace. I'm going to quote from something yeah. they sent me. Uh, they said, we knew that we loved each other, but we were walking on eggshells because we were just hiding our resentments like the patterns from their family. Nancy taught us to communicate properly through skilled discussions and perception checking. Our relationship now feels more loving than ever. A skilled discussion every week helps keep the lines of communication open, which paves the way for being less afraid of conflict and becoming more in tune with each other. That's just one cup. Here's another one. This is Dr. Mike and his wife, Connie. Connie wrote, what Nancy teaches is the how in a marriage, how to talk to one another, 
how to focus on the present to build a better future, and how to heal our own hearts as individuals so we truly have a deeper connection to ourselves and our partners. The tools that we were given have helped us be better parents to our children, more loving and patient with other family members, and more thoughtful leaders in our business. I love getting reports like this. And I, yeah. I, my website has dozens of testimonies similar to these two. Yeah. You know, and the reason that we're talking about this in this way, too, for me, is that we're really, and I've said this to you before, and I keep talking about it on air, Nancy, you know, we're at a point now where people have been in relationships, all kinds of relationships, family relationships, marriage relationships, work, we have been put under such strain without tools, Yes. Than, uh, in, uh, than I've seen in my lifetime. And it's not just like one country or one county. We're talking across the board nationally. And when we start to hear people and begging, we don't know how, we don't know how, we don't know how, that to me is really why I said to you what you talk about and the work you do is so important. Because if people knew they can learn how, and they are willing. Yes. Right? You got to be willing. Cute, um, cute ingredient there. <laughs> yeah, you got to be willing. I mean, that's it. So uh, I was talking to a couple not too long ago, and one of, one of the two was trying to drag the other one along to an intervention to get some It's like, that is not going to work. We're going to take a short break. When we come back with Nancy Landrum, we're going to talk about this idea of, you know, a family. Can we find somebody that we look at? You know, can you find somebody, a marriage, a couple? Can you find something? And how do you know what to look for? See, this is the tricky part about this, Nancy. We got to talk about this when we come back. If you have a pattern of thinking, this is the relationship I want, but you're coming from a place that it's all you know, how do we get out of the box and start to look at relationships? Even, by the way, if they are like Hollywood ones, how do we find that? If you can't find anything in your family, how do you latch on to that thing you want the energy to be about? When we come back, we're going to talk about that and much more. We're going to let you know how to find out more about Nancy. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Are you ready to shift your current beliefs about death from debilitating pain and loss? Follow Angie Corbett Kuiper as she shares that through choice present moment awareness and keeping an open mind anything is possible even in death tune in to beyond proof radio with angie redefining death and loss every first wednesday at 12 p.m pacific on transformationtalkradio.com for more visit beyondproof.com are you ready to put down that drink or drug for good are you struggling to maintain your recovery from addictive behaviors do you need help with a family member or loved one who's in early recovery or battling addiction? Get the help and guidance you need by arranging a recovery recharged phone session with me, Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, Certified Life and Recovery Coach. Call 1-800-889-1757. Make an appointment today or go to my website, pushybroadfromthebronx.com 
and click on the link that says Recovery Recharged. Don't wait. Get the help you need today. This is Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Mind to Heart with me, Craig Richardson, carves a pathway from your mind to your heart to activate that innate compass to overcome whatever life sends your way. As an intuitive life coach, I am ready to guide you to an amazing life. Tune in live every second and fourth Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information about me, visit CraigERichardson.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Pat. Hey, are you loving Shades of Spirit Radio? Well, mark your calendars. Shades of Spirit goes live in a new time spot every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific time on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Yeah, you heard that right. Psychic medium genie and spirit walker Nicole. 5 p.m. every Wednesday. Live readings, giveaways, oracle cards, and lots of fun. So be there. Call into the show at 1-800-930-2819 and visit ShadesOfSpirit.com. It's time to shake out your money-making truth on Soul Wisdom Abundance with Jennifer Bloom, creating wealth from spiritual health on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show is more than your roadmap to success. It's your compass to abundance through joy and ease. Jennifer Bloom teaches you about the soul's relationship to money and wealth and how improving that relationship serves both you and the world. Learn more at JenniferBloom.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm loving this show, Creating a Relationship Legacy with Nancy Landrum. Let's take a moment, Nancy. How do people find out about you, but also how do they work with you? And I know we're joking a little bit during the break, but we'll talk about that when we come back. How do people get a hold of you? How do they schedule time with you? You can email me at nancy at nancylandrum.com, or you can telephone me for a free consultation at 951 239 1134. Or go to my my website. You can contact me through my website, nancylandrum.com. Thank you. And Nancy, there's a wide, look, there's a wide array of things people can learn from you. Um, They could take classes, which we'll talk about, but also they can work with you one-on-one. And, you know, we were talking about communication, but I want to get back to, you know, a, a core of today's show. And that is about the legacies. And that's about looking at the legacies and looking at what they all mean. Because, you know, now we're talking, we talked a little bit about family imprinting, but the question is, okay, now that I've discovered this, now that I know what's happening, you know, where do we go with this? Well, a lot of times we we beat ourselves up. We have a lot of guilt, a lot of shame. And you and I said something during the break, which I think is pivotal. You know, you got to come to a place where you realize that, you know, at a certain point in time, you did the best you could, right? I honestly believe that everyone is doing the best that they know how to do at any given time. And if Jim and I had known how to create a loving, happy marriage to begin with, we would have done that. But instead, because we didn't know how to resolve conflict, our conflict escalated, our communication methods deteriorated, and we were both begging, you know, I used the term in some classes that I taught that we all wish we had a relationship GPS, like just 
implant a GPS in me so that I know what to do and how to do it to create a, a better relationship. It, I wish it were that simple, uh, but Jim and I were both to the place where we were so tired of hurting each other and so tired of fighting that we were begging for someone to tell us how to do this the way we need to do it. And we were very proactive about looking for help. We went to several therapists. We went to pastoral counselors. We read books. We listened to tapes. And it just seemed like nothing. Well, there were little bits and pieces that were nice, but they didn't really give us the core skills that we needed to learn how to communicate respectfully when we were angry. You know, how do I handle my anger when I'm so anger, I, angry, I know I can't act in a respectful way. So we needed anger management skills. We needed to learn how to listen to each other. How do I listen in a way that is demonstrating that I really care about your point of view? I mean, when Jim was talking in, to begin with, I didn't care about his point of view. I was just using that time to formulate my own rebuttal. You know, I wanted to convince him that I was right. It took, um, it took a coach to teach us some very basic skills and then a lot of practice before the speaking respectful. Well, the first time we sat down to talk about our big issue, and I know I've said this on your show before, Dr. Pat. Yeah. But the first time we sat down to talk about our hot issue and we were trying so hard to use the respectful means of speaking and listening that our coach was teaching us, it felt to both of us like we were trying to talk in a foreign language. Wow. It was so foreign to us. It was so unusual. It felt awkward. We were constantly, I was constantly having to correct what I said to stop the sarcasm and say it more respectfully, for instance. But we made it through 45 minutes of a discussion without it escalating into yeah. a fight for the first time in years. Mm -hmm. We were so exhausted by the effort that we agreed to stop for that day. Uh, we stood up, we were gonna pick it up again the next day. Jim held his arms open to me and he said, that felt so respectful. Let's do our best to always treat each other with respect. And that became our benchmark. That was our goal, that no matter what was going on, we would treat each other with respect. We didn't realize at the time how essential that commitment was and how necessary respect is to nurturing love. It, we had probably what I call skilled discussions now. We probably had four or five a week for the next five or six weeks before, <clears throat> before we finally resolved the big issue that had been driving us apart in our mm -hmm. marriage. Mm -hmm. And But we never had another fight. After that day, there was never another fight. We had 17 more years together before he passed. And there was never once even a harsh word between yeah. us because we were so committed to maintaining respectful behavior. And I don't, I don't mean kind disinterest, you know, it no. wasn't disinterest. It was, we were dealing with issues 
and loving each other passionately, but we we were committed to treating each other with respect. Yeah, and that's really what I'm trying to say is the confusion between respect and so many other attributes is that, you know, you can be respectful to someone and have a stern voice in what you're saying. Yes. Um, and so this is a, there's a lot of confusion around it because, you know, we confuse sarcasm or, you know, we confuse uh, dismissive body language. These things, you know, sarcasm and dismissive body language, those are not respectful, not in any arena. Not at all. Um, the other thing is, you know, we do things in relationships and we think they're okay because we've been, we have a family imprint. Yes. If you are an inquisitive person or you have come from a family where inquisition, investigation is a mode of operation, right? Because you sat around the dinner table and sat with, you know, parents that ask you why a million times they're trying to get. And if you enter the world and this is your mode of operation and people don't understand that, you know, Asking why to a question to somebody is extremely sensitive. It can be very intrusive. Intrusive, that's a better word. And then there's why that you really want to know, and then there's why and you don't really want to know. Oh, that's the truth. Yes. <laughs> but a lot of this does come from a legacy that we don't think we can change. And that's not what we're talking about here today. You know, we not can change all. this. I have so many examples, so many testimonials of couples that that Jim and I taught together for 11 years before he passed. And then since that time, I've been mm -hmm. teaching and writing about these skills. Uh, so many couples who have changed the trajectory mm -hmm. of their marriage by learning and practicing new skills. Yeah. They needed to know how. That's why the book that we wrote together is called How to Stay Married and Love It. You know, we wanted to stay married the way our parents had, but we wanted to love it a whole lot more than it looked like our parents did. Yeah. So how no, do we, go ahead, Dr. Pat. One of the things I want to say is I'm, I'm hope you're getting ready to say, how do we do it? Because when we come back from break, I want to really talk about this. I want to talk about some of the, some of the most unseen things. I know you've got stories, but we can change the legacy for ourselves. And I love the story of uh, that you're going to share with Jerome and Grace, because one of the things that is so painful is unspoken resentments, right? Resentment is relationship killer. It is. You know, in a 12-step program, there's a line in a lot of the, the writings in there, and there's one. Um, resentment is the number one offender. Yes. It's the number one offender. But most people, Nancy, they don't think they can do anything about it. So when we come back, we need to have how do we do something about it, even if it means changing the legacy? How have you helped people with this? And how can we start to have a conversation so people are not what we, as a matter of fact, this weekend, we use the term walking on eggshells. That discovery of walking on eggshells underneath it is so much. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, Nancy Landrum is going to walk us through what she does to help people 
if you feel right now you're walking on eggshells, if you just feel that and you don't have anything else that you know, that is enough. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Caring for someone with a life-altering diagnosis? You are a care hero. Navigating the unfamiliar options can be overwhelming, but you are not alone. Tune in to A Cup of Comfort with me, Trish Lau, twice monthly on Transformation Talk Radio. Let me guide you through your care hero journey by providing actionable information on how to care for a loved one in need. For more information about me, visit trishlaub.com. That's trishlaub, L-A-U-B as in boy, dot com. Did you know that when we talk about the Earth's ecosystems, the most important ecosystem has been left out? You, we created the ecosystem approach to recapture human potential. Find us at theecosystemapproach.org. Join us every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time for the Ecosystem Approach Show with Jason and Patricia on TransformationTalkRadio.com. How to lead a happier life on Miles to Go with Brittany Miles. How to lose to gain it all. Join Brittany every second and fourth Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Listen as coach and healer Brittany Miles shares stories that teach you about surrender. For more information about Brittany, MilesToGoCoaching.com. Are you ready to shift your life into overdrive and stop wasting your time? If so, then I want to invite you right now to the Body Regeneration Online Academy with me, Tracy L. In a world filled with so much information, you can get overloaded and confused, left feeling like you've tried everything and still no results. If this is you, then this platform is for you to help you step into your power, your intuition, and gain clarity. You will learn simple tools that you can use as you walk down the street. And I will teach you how to grow a stronger connection to the God consciousness. Imagine having me as your coach, shifting you, uplifting you, empowering you every week. And most of all, helping you stay connected so you can navigate your life's journey with ease and grace. Nothing will be able to get in your way. Plus, you will have a community filled with souls just like you to pick you up when you fall down and support you on your wins. No one can go this journey alone. If you are ready for your live activations, check me out at tracylclark.com and join the TLC Body Regeneration Online Academy now. Welcome back, everybody. Great to have all of you tune us in, turn us on Nancy Landrum. If you want to work with Nancy, if you want to give her a, a call, if you're thinking, yeah, resentments, I don't know what to even do with them, you know, whether or not they're part of your legacy, if you are getting hit up with disrespect with in relationships to people you love, I mean, this, we're at a point in time now where this is the moment where you can do something about it. And, you know, you're going to hear in our next segment, what Nancy has done to help people. Um, before the break, we were talking about walking on eggshells. So if you don't want to walk on eggshells any longer, nancylandrum.com please go ahead and give nancy a call nancy landrum l-a-n-d-r-u-m.com please please go ahead is there a phone number that you have that people can call 951-239-1134 beautiful Nancy, look, this is a life work for you, but you've worked with people. You know what's underneath here. 
you and I were talking during the break. We can't talk about resentment for other people because that's not really an experience. But it is a deadly, deadly thing in relationships, and it rarely gets talked about or addressed. How do we change the legacy for ourselves? Well, first of all, I have to be honest with you and say that I had wasted a lot of the younger years of my life resenting my mother in particular because she didn't mother me the way I wanted to be mothered uh, and my dad. And um, it took a long time for me to forgive her for being a human being who was doing the best she knew how to do. Yeah. So forgiveness is part of letting go of resentment. When I was able to just accept that she came to motherhood with the tools she was given and she didn't know how to, she didn't have all the resources I had, you know, 40 or 50 years later. Uh, psychology was in its infancy when my mother was being a mother. And um, so anyway, forgiveness was a big, and I think forgiveness is a big part of letting go of many resentments. Jim and I learned, accepted, realized that resentment was a relationship killer between us. So if I resented Jim for something, some behavior he was doing that annoyed me or whatever, if it was important enough, then I would bring it up and ask for a skilled discussion about it <clears throat> where I could share with him, this is how this behavior affects me. And what I would really like is, and, um, and we would work on it together. And then he'd have the opportunity to either say, you know, I'm, well, in his case, he was always so good to say, I'm so sorry that hurt you. Uh, let me see what I can do about changing that behavior. We would work on changes together. But if a resentment was minor, then I would negotiate inside myself. Is this something I can let go of without hanging on? If I'm going to hang on to it, then it needs to be discussed in the relationship. If I can let go of it, I'll let go of it. But we, we made an agreement that we would never do anything for the other that we resented doing because we were so aware of how resentment uh, poisoned the atmosphere between the two of us. I, I was so impressed with a couple named Ray and Macy who brought their two adult daughters into a family session with me to clear up the many resentments that had piled up in their stepfamily that were uh, poisoning the relationships in their adult family. And the latest report from them is that the whole family continues to be happier. We spent two hours in my living room in a circle having a group skill discussion where one person at a time spoke uh, whoever was the appropriate listener would repeat back what they said that clarified misunderstandings, opened up a dialogue between them that completely cleared the air of resentments that had been poisoning that family. I love that. Just love it. There's another 
example from Connie. I mentioned Connie before. Yeah. He, she said, this is how a legacy gets uh, transformed by passing it on to the children, passing on the good skills to the children. She said, our son Graydon was talking back to me and Mike. Finally, Mike had enough and he started yelling out at pure frustration in the midst of his son arguing with him. Before Graydon went back outside, I pulled him into the office and told him I needed him to learn how to talk with us the way dad and I have learned to talk to each other. By the way, Connie and Mike used to do a lot of arguing, even in front of the children. The children knew when they were walking on eggshells with each other or were silent with each other. They no longer do that because they learned how to have skilled discussions. So she gave to Graydon a list of feeling words, used a talking stick and asked him for permission to talk about how she felt about the back talk and arguing and asked him to repeat back to her what she heard, he heard. And I did the same for him, she says, hearing his feelings and repeating them back to him. It's been almost a night and day shift in that kid. Just after one sit down together with a skilled discussion, I know he heard me because he had to repeat it. And I know he felt heard because I did the same for him. Hmm. He left feeling so much better and immediately apologized to his dad. That's how you change the trajectory of the legacy in your family is by learning the skills yourself modeling them for your children, first of all, and then teaching your children these skills that are pure respect. Children need to be respected and listened to, you know, heard uh, every bit as much as adults do. In the conversation, we often forget that so many people are affected, right? And I, I, I really... I think we're now in a place where we need to talk more openly about this and be able to have this conversation that says, wait a minute, you know, this is not about good or bad or evil. This is about a new level of awareness. And, and you know, I want to get back to, to really emphasizing to folks that, yeah, probably have done the best you could do. And be really clear about that for a minute, because it's very difficult to come up and say, we would like help with this, if you're feeling so much guilt and shame about what you've done. And I think we have to really talk to the fact that this work that you did, and you talked about Mike and Connie and Jerome and Grace, this work is from people that wanted to have a new beginning. It's not about, ah, the past let's just beat that it's about we know that this is not working for us what can we do this day moving forward right absolutely in fact i frequently tell clients it's not your fault that you are where you are you're using tools or skills or methods that were modeled for you that felt natural to you you thought they would work or you wouldn't have used them and the truth is sarcasm doesn't work to build a good relationship. Name calling doesn't work. Uh, going silent and giving your partner the cold shoulder, that doesn't work. It protects you for a 
you know, a, a certain amount of time. Right, right. It doesn't heal the relationship. Right. So what I asked them to do is to be patient. It took um, most of the time, it took years to get a relationship in the shape that it's in. Yeah. By the time they come to me, I asked them to be patient. It's a roughly a three-month intense project to change the trajectory of the relationship and create a more give yourself the skills and practice them enough yeah. that they start to become your new habits. They have to become your new habit. Uh, you know, let so me ask you this question and I want to go ahead and skip the last break. For those of you just tuning in, you know, Nancy Landrum is joining me here today and we're talking about creating relationship legacy. This is something, it's, it's not, this is not an academic, academic conversation. You know, today what we're talking about is the how. How do you change it? How do you get help? Go to nancylandrum.com. There's books there, but more importantly, you can schedule this communication session with her and learn something now. And I think, Nancy, one of the things I'm really struck by is, you know, what you can do. And people sometimes don't take action because they think this is a perfect process. This is a messy process. <laughs> yes. You know, and we think it's got to be all like in this wrapping and then you got to have this shell and then you, the moon has got to be, well, by the way, the moon is in a great place right now for everybody out there to do this. But, you know, my sign is not, no, this is, this is where you come to the to the place where you're exhaling for help. Jim used to use the example of uh, a 747 airplane leaving LAX, <laughs> heading for New York, and they get the word for whatever reason they need to turn around and go back to LAX. So if they turn around at a very sharp angle, what happens to the plane? Oh, boy. It falls apart from yeah. the, the force. Yeah. So they turn the plane around by doing just a few degrees at a time until finally the plane is headed back to LAX. Well, that's what I tell couples. You need to be patient with the process of learning new skills and practicing them in a relationship. It, it happens a few degrees at a time. Every lesson builds on the lesson yeah. before that. So every time you practice a skill discussion, it's, you know, in the beginning, it will be awkward. It won't be easy. It's a new skill, like learning to ride a bike was once a new skill. Yeah. But if you keep practicing it, it becomes very fluid and natural till, you know, when Jim and I were trying to resolve our worst issue, we had like four or five skilled discussions a week for several weeks before we finally found mm -hmm. a solution. But by that time, the practice of a skilled discussion had become so habitual that from that time on, yeah. anytime there was any little hint of a problem between the two of us, we just stepped in, like I call it the seatbelt and shoulder harness. Yeah. Real discussion. Yeah. It's like, it's a very structured uh, process that's like wearing a seatbelt and shoulder harness. There are rules to a skilled discussion. You know, we can't both talk at once. We can't talk over each other. Uh, the, the talking doesn't escalate into a fight anymore because we're taking turns. Um, but but the the habit became so 
easy and natural that it was no longer awkward the way it was mm -hmm. in the beginning. I want to share another yeah, please. story. Steve and Christine are current clients, and they have been learning skills to transform their own relationship, which was full of resentment and uh, kind of standoffs in their uh, announcements to each other. But they've been learning those skills, and he refers to a, a skill called or a uh, practice called taking out the trash, which is an exercise I recommend parents do with their children. Steve reported this incident with his son. He said, in the past, when Connor misbehaved, I jumped right into a lecture. Well, if you know anything about parenting, you know lecturing don't, kids don't learn from lectures. Anyway, he goes on to say, this has typically led to a strong-willed defensive reaction. You know, that's a that's the kind of reaction you can expect. This time when Connor beating up his sister's doll, I offered to take out the trash with Connor. Although it was a new concept for both of us, he responded well, and he noticed this process was not met with any judgment whatsoever. It was simply a chance for him to identify his feelings and feel heard. I skipped right past telling him what he did wrong. Instead, I focused on explaining to him that his sister really looks up to him and enjoys spending time with him. In a nutshell, I told him, you are a likable kid and your sister thinks you are really fun to hang out with. Shortly after, he owned up to his behavior and offered a heartfelt apology to his sister. This made my day. Well, his reporting this to me made my day because I could see the skill that he and Christine were learning was now being passed down to his son with the same transformative results that it was having in their marriage. These stories, uh, gosh, they, they, they inject me with the will to keep going. Yeah. My clients work of learning and practicing better communication skills and they're, passing on a new legacy to their children, first of all, by modeling those skills in front of their children, and set, that's kind of an unconscious passing on, but also consciously teaching their children new skills. That is so exciting to me. Yeah. I mean, you know, part of what you and I are talking about is a change and learning a skill that changes an entire context of a relationship. And, you know, by learning these skills, and I, I want to get back to something you said earlier, which is so important. You know, when we're talking about skill discussions, we're talking about a safe space. We're talking about there are rules in the space. Yes. yes. We're talking about how to ask for that time. Yes. Right. It's not, you, you know, it's not, okay, we got to have a skill discussion. Well, maybe. But it's got to work for both people. It's got to be in a place where people feel like they have the skills to use. And it's like you said, it takes time. And, you know, part of the difficulty is you're already in a situation that maybe you are feeling like eggshells. And then one of you doesn't do it, quote, right. <laughs> <laughs> How many times oh. you heard that? They didn't do it right, Nancy. He, well, he didn't do it right. She didn't do it right. 
<laughs> I, I'm laughing because I hear that complaint fairly often. Whether the other person does it right or not, I can do it right. Uh, one of the things I tell couples, if they find themselves in a fight like they used to have a fight, one of the ways to stop a fight in its tracks is to begin being the listener rather than the speaker. Begin yeah. repeating back what your partner is saying as though you really want to understand their point of view, not, in a, not with an attitude and not sarcastically, but you're sincerely listening and repeating back to their partner that will stop a fight in its tracks yeah uh, a skilled discussion always begins with an invitation i'd like to have a skilled discussion with you about x is now a good time if it's not a good time then the person that's being invited says yes i'll have a skilled discussion with you i'll be free i'll be off the phone in 30 minutes we can have it then but I tell couples, if you're serious about transforming the nature of your relationship, then the, the answer to that request for a skilled discussion is always yes. It may not be this minute, but you give your partner a time when you will be available and you will participate in a skilled discussion. And that's really part of the conversation and why what I'm trying to say is, you know, we don't know where to start. And that's what you do to help people. You know, see, a lot of times we try to do things on their own and we try and we fail and we try and we fail. And, you know, we do the best we can with trying and failing, but we don't have the skills. We don't have a neutral party like you to work with, right? Mm -hmm. We don't dot, 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 fill the blanks in yourself. We just don't. And I think you're at a place now where we need to learn some skills. We're at that place. You know, the stress of the pandemic so much more has really caused, you know, walking on eggshells is like an understatement. And I love the analogy of the L.A. I was laughing a little bit because I went to school in California in Claremont. And I, I would have I would fly down every week in my second year. My boss didn't want me to leave a project. So he flew me every week for like four years. And just serendipitously, all my classes, all my teaching, everything worked out that I could go to school for a couple of days and then work. But I remember this one story and I was thinking about this. I would fly into Ontario. And I remember the time where we had to, landing Alaska Airlines, that flight, direct flight to Ontario, you people saved my life. But I remember a time where the Santa Ana winds you meant you know those yes. so when you were talking about jim's analogy i thought about it's kind of like this too where you've got to be willing to do it again you've got to be so if you're flying into ontario back in the day when there were no like you had to walk down the stairs to get out of yeah. there right yes. like in the 90s yeah i remember and the wind the santana winds only a certain time and I remember this one time where I thought to myself, I'm so grateful for this pilot because the pilot realized he was getting into a little bit of quicksand and we were on our descent and he decided we're not doing it. And he pulled himself up. We have to be willing to do that. We have to be willing to hit the restart button. Yes, absolutely. 
when when I said that Jim and I had a skilled discussion four or five times a week for several weeks, it was the, the same discussion about the same issue over and over again. And we would keep at it, you know, keep working at it until we were exhausted for that day. And then we would agree to set it down and walk away. Uh, if one of us got triggered, if I got triggered and I was upset and I knew that I couldn't remain in the seatbelt and shoulder harness of a skill discussion, I would tell Jim I need a timeout. I can't go on for today, but we would come back the next day and go at it again. We repeated the approach, for instance, if you're using the analogy of the airplane, uh, we didn't we solve the problem the first time we talked about it. But we eventually did. We had driven in the years previous to learning these skills. We had driven each other to opposite, I call it opposite corners of a boxing ring. Yeah. I was absolutely sure I was right. And the only solution was my solution. Jim was absolutely sure he was right. The only solution was his solution. So those weeks of practicing a skilled discussion helped us gradually move toward the middle of the ring where we could really hear each other's points of view. And that was when our hearts softened toward each other and we were able to look at solutions that neither of us would have looked at a month before. That was when the permanent solution came to our hot issue that nearly drove us to separate. Uh, Nancy, I can't thank you enough. And also, I can't take you t tell you how important this is. But you know, you're bringing a perspective to people that really struggle. And if they struggle with the how, and what you're doing is with the how, yes. you know, you're taking them from point A to point B, you're understanding the scenario, and you're giving them tools. And I want to thank you for that. Again, how do people find out about you? And I'd love to know your personal message. If you are interested in that exercise called taking out the trash that you'd like to do with your children, just email me and request it. I'll be glad to send it to you at nancy at nancylandron.com. My final message is you can transform your family's relationship legacy by learning and practicing healthier relationship skills for yourself and by teaching those skills to your children. First of all, by modeling them, and then by being more proactive in teaching those skills. Hmm. Nancy Landrum, please everybody go and check it out, nancylandrum.com. But when you go over to the website, also take a look at some of Nancy's books, some of the upcoming webinars, and more importantly, you know, this is a time where you can reach out for help. She will meet you exactly where you are, and you'll be able to transform, learn some things, learn how to respect each other. And for those of you out there that are in difficult situations, yeah, like maybe with the boss, call her too. Nancy, thank <laughs> you so much for everything that you're doing, right? Thank you. All thank right. You. Respect yourself, everybody. <laughs>